Ryan, look! A butterfly followed me in and landed on my desk. It's so cute! Sweet summer child! Get that away from me and do not say that word again. What? It's just a harmless, sweet little but- Don't say the B word. Don't do it. Butterfly? I said don't say it! Do you want to talk about this, Rye? Nope. I want to start the show and pretend that you didn't say that freaky word. Alrighty then. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Thursday, September 28th. This is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. When I see some of these politicians talk, I can't help but wonder, how old are they? It feels like they've been in office forever. Yeah, the age of our elected officials and how long their terms are is definitely a thing. I think some of them are older than donuts. Donuts were invented by Dutch immigrants in the late 17th century. So you're saying I'm right. Ryan, did you know the longest-serving senator served for 51 years, 5 months, and 26 days? Wow. Robert Byrd was a Democratic senator from West Virginia. He was first elected to the Senate in 1958 and again in 1964, 1970, 1976, Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, has had two instances where he froze in the middle of a press conference. His office said the senator was fine and just feeling lightheaded, but at 81 years old, there are questions about whether his age and his health are limiting his ability to do the job. Let's dive in. Here in the U.S., politicians can stay in office for a really, really, really long time. but. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Can someone be too old to be in office anymore? Let's break down the numbers. The average age of a U.S. senator is 65. And even though the first Gen Z representative was elected to the House, it didn't do much to bring down the average age there, which is 58. And in the White House, President Joe Biden is 80 making him the oldest president elected in U.S. history. And don't forget he's already kicked off his re-election bid. But with age comes wisdom. Or at least that's what they say. Some people think that having experienced politicians in office for a long time can be a good thing. Having someone who knows how Washington works and can use that knowledge to make better decisions would be a pro. Plus, they may have more influence to be able to get things done. On the other hand, having politicians in office for too long could mean recycling the same old ideas. With fewer new people, there's less opportunity for new ideas and perspectives. Some people worry that these long-term politicians can become disconnected from the concerns of younger generations and may not be as responsive to changing times. No way. Another concern with age is how it affects different people mentally. We know people age at different rates, but as Congress gets older, should there be limits on how long a person can be in office? 
Term limits are rules that say politicians can only serve a certain number of years, or terms, in office. They're like a use-by date for politicians. One big advantage of term limits is that they can bring fresh faces into government. With politicians leaving after a set number of years, there's a better chance for new voices to be heard. Georgia Democrat John Ossoff is currently the youngest U.S. Senator, and Florida Congressman Maxwell Frost is currently the youngest U.S. Representative. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Critics argue that term limits can lead to a loss of valuable experience in government. Imagine if your favorite video game only let you play for a short time, and just as you got really good at it, you had to start over with a new game. Some people think that's what happens when experienced politicians are forced to leave. Do we need a sell-by date for our public officials? I'm not sure. But what I do know is snacks don't run for re-election. Just remember, check the date. The first U.S. president, George Washington, lived over 200 years ago and died in 1799. He knew a lot of things, but guess what he didn't know about? Dinosaurs. Yes, the founding father thought that fossils that were found during his lifetime were from giant humans. It wasn't until 1842 that Richard Owen, an English paleontologist, coined the term dinosaur. Isn't it cute, Lane? I think I'll name it Mary, short for Mariposa, which is butterfly in Spanish. It's so cute. And Mary is a great name. Did you know a group of butterflies is called a kaleidoscope? Uh, what's going on here? Nothing. I spy a nature nerd in our studio. Hi, Rye. Hi, Lane. What's happening? Is that... Still here? The what? The colorful winged demon. A butterfly? Don't use that word. They're harmless, Rye. And I think it's actually a monarch butterfly. That sounds menacing and unstoppable. I'm out! Lane, I've been seeing a bunch of these butterflies. Why are we seeing so many? Pull up a seat, Pamela. I got you. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's billions of butterflies? What? That's right, y'all. If you look to the sky this fall, you might be in for an extra special sight. No, it's not Superman. It's something even better. A giant swarm of butterflies. Not convinced butterflies are cooler than Superman? Well, you must not know about the monarch. Known for its distinctive orange and black markings, the monarch is a species of butterfly native to North and South America. Now, monarchs are beautiful bugs. But it's not their cool colors that make them remarkable. It's their thirst for travel. Each year, millions of jet-setting monarchs take to the sky as part of an annual migration. Migration is the scientific term for the seasonal movement of animals. Not all animals migrate, but those that do travel long distances so that they can find food, warm weather, and good shelter. Every fall, millions of monarchs leave their summer breeding grounds in the northern United States and fly south to avoid cold winter weather. 
As summer draws to an end, monarchs sense a change in the weather and fly south to Southern California, Florida, or special mountain ranges in Mexico. The butterflies will perch in trees and hibernate until spring arrives. Then they begin their journey back north. Monarch migration is the journey of a lifetime. Well, four lifetimes, technically speaking. You see, butterflies have very short lifespans. Most monarchs only live two to six weeks. Those that hibernate can live a few months longer, but it's still not enough time to complete their trip. Oh, man. Their little wings just can't take them the full 3,000 miles. So they set up a relay to cover the distance. As a monarch nears the end of its life, it realizes it's time to pass the baton. The monarch ends its leg of the race by laying eggs. Eventually, the eggs hatch and monarch caterpillars emerge. Once they go through metamorphosis, the butterflies soar through the sky until it's time for them to pass the baton to their babies. This process repeats itself until the monarchs reach the home of their great-grandparents. Honey, I'm home! Now, scientists have studied monarch migration since the 1940s, yet they're still puzzled by this unique multi-generational migration. They understand the who, what, where, when, and why. The only question that still bugs them is how. How do monarchs know how to get to places they've never seen before? Taxi! Some scientists theorize that monarchs navigate by looking at the stars, sun, and moon. Others think that they can sense the Earth's magnetic poles. And some believe that knowing the way is just in their DNA, like a genetic shared memory. Maybe it's one of these theories. Or maybe all of the monarchs have teeny tiny GPSs. Wow, Lane. Monarch butterflies are awesome. How can we get Ryan on board? I think Ryan has lepidopterophobia. What's lepidopterophobia? That's the fear of butterflies. Well, I do owe him one for the fake cockroach prank he pulled on me. Speaking of migration, an annual event in the skies of Oregon is happening. The Vaux Swift Bird Migration is underway. Each year, thousands of the Swifts make the flight to Central America and crowd the skies of the Pacific Northwest on their way. When they need a break, they can't perch. So instead, they hang onto flat, vertical surfaces and stay together for warmth. It normally happens in the fall, but thousands have already appeared, most likely due to Oregon's early summer weather this year. And one favorite rest spot this year, the chimney at the Chapman Elementary School. According to the Portland Audubon Society Swift Count, as many as 35,000 Swifts have been counted at Chapman. Now that's a lot of Swifties in one spot. Welcome to the trivia room! Owen, dude! I gotta hide in here. Okay, is everything alright? Yeah, uh, well, there might be a colorful flying monster out there, but uh, you can protect me, right? Don't you mean a butterfly? Anyway, sure, but only if you hop up on the trivia throne and answer correctly. Oh gosh, the pressure! Fine! What is going on here? Trivia on the 10. 
Pam mentioned earlier that the average age of a member of the U.S. House of Representatives is 68, and that the first Gen Zer was recently elected to the House. That Gen Zer is Maxwell Alejandro Frost, but how old was he when he was sworn in? Is it A, 32 years old, B, 25 years old, or C, 26 years old? Okay, if Maxwell is Gen Z, he's not 32, but I thought I've heard he's 26, but wasn't he 25 when he was sworn in? I'm gonna go with B, 25, because it's my lucky number. The answer is B, congratulations, 25 years old. Representative Frost of Florida's 10th Congressional District was born on January 17, 1997. He was just 25 years old when he was sworn in on January 3, 2023 and turned 26 two weeks later. And by the way, 25 years is the minimum age to join the House. Oh, thank goodness. So you'll let me keep hiding in here? No, I actually have to walk up. I have to head home to do some homework. Anyways, tenors, do you want to join me in the trivia room and drop some hot knowledge? If so, visit the 10news.com slash contact to get in touch and we might have you on the show. Okay, if I can't hide in the trivia room, maybe I can hide in the... Hey, Ryan, want to see Butterfly? Uh, no, of course not. Catch! Did you just throw a stick of butter at me? Yeah, I made butter fly. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. That was actually really good. Touche. Thanks. Want to give 10 new snaps to one of our listeners? Yep, but before we do, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Time for 10 new snaps. Tenors Andy and his father left us a review on Apple Podcasts and said, this is amazing. That is a quick, concise, and phenomenal review. Thank you, Andy and his father. And thanks for listening to the 10 News. 10 Things You Need to Know drops every Tuesday and our in-depth reports drop every Thursday. And if you want some bonus content, you can join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. 
The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcast and part of the Airwave Podcast Network. The 10 News creative team is making fun of Ryan for his fear of butterflies. Who wrote that? And includes Tracy Crooks, Logan DeYoung, Kareen Katabayan, Carson Potter, and Chad Chennai. Our favorite nature nerd, Lane Farber, and our tenor, Owen, contributed to this episode. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator, Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Goodbye, Mary. Enjoy your trip to Central America. And good riddance, you terrifying beast! <laughs>